Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Insight Freestyle. <laughs> I'm your host, Sean Hicks. Here is my co-host, Ryan Miguel. Hi there. <laughs> and, I mean, hey, we're just coming back with another another one. You know. So, how you doing, Ryan? What you, what you been up to? Uh, I have been... Uh, it's weird. It's like overworking, but also oversleeping at the same time. It's like one day I'll get a lot done. The next day it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing shit today. Overworking and overtired, and it's mostly because I'm high all the time. Not all the time, just now. More than now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, in the last, on our first episode, we had uh, left off talking about how we were just going to get back to intimacy. Mm-hmm. I think, like we could, we should totally, totally just jump back into that right now. Like, can't remember the last thing that was said related to it. What, what was it that uh, people look at intimacy as only a loving? In a romantic sense, yeah, only from the context of love. And what's your experience with intimacy and, and without without the love, man? The romantic sense. Well, you know, I've always been someone who's practiced unconditional love, so it's not. It's, it's kind of just where I always am. You know, I'm not really someone who's had, or let me say this in a different way, I have been blessed to be loved on purpose by everyone. Of course not by everyone, because most people don't do things on purpose, but especially by the ones who matter. The most fundamental relationships in your life. Gotcha. Which is your mom. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's your mom. Sometimes it's your dad as well. I um, love you, bro. <laughs> I love you too, but I didn't even meet you until I was 13 years hey, old. So more, it's, than, more than a decade, more than half our lives, it's though. It's a fundamental relationship, but it's not the fundamental relationship. I get that. And that's I... really. That's really, I'm like, yeah, I didn't come out of your womb, my nigga. <laughs> um, you don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. But uh, being able to have a conversation like this where we just be open, kind of allowing each other to kind of feel what we're trying to feel with our emotions, I think that's that's intimacy right there. Yeah. And But like, to me, it's also really fundamental that we – we have certain people in our lives that we can be like be like that with who we are doing that to or with. So that's kind of what my point in, in bringing up being loved on purpose. Um, my mother has that conversation with herself that I think every parent does, which is how do I keep my child safe in this world? You know, especially since we have whatever knowledge and experiences that we have at the point that we have children. You know, at least we know what they may confront. And so a parent may begin to wonder how do they keep their child safe and the questions well the answers the answers that my mother arrived at were if she knew well she felt that if her child knew that they were loved and then that if they could read Mm. they'd be all right like because she my mom's a genius unconventional genius because you know she ain't got the paper facts to prove it or whatever Mm. but i've always known that she was a genius just by the story she would tell and how different her opinions would be or even just how she thought compared to other people. And I understood that, you know, sometimes she has said things that would change somebody's life Hmm. just because she made them think in a different way. Like I know that my mother had done that before and and it may not have been always an awareness for her, Hmm. 
Hmm. Or even if it was, she was aware of it, maybe it didn't crystallize to her how important that type of effect on people can be. Hmm. And so her saying, yes, I want to use my intent to make sure that my child feels loved Mm. and that will make her feel secure in bringing a child into this world. And so that's what I say that, you know, I didn't, that's why I stopped in the beginning because, you know, my fundamental relationship to interactions with humans is one from a place of love and security. So I don't have a lot of the problems that other people do. So I don't have the, oh, I can only be this type of way authentically myself with, you know, this person because I trust them. I'm on of the of the side of life where it's just like I'm I'm myself with everyone and I can give a fuck who you are. <laughs> and it's not even like in a detrimental way. It's just I'm secure because I know what love is like. I know what it is. And I know it's not something that comes from outside of me. And I finally learned that romantically about like a year and a half ago <laughs> or two years ago, whenever the Haley shit was done. Right. Cause, um, it's like two years. Yeah. You know, once you make some observations, a lot of the times they just bring up more questions. Right. Right. And one of the things, <laughs> even if you know something, it may not like the awareness of that thing may not bridge to other things until later, until like there's another spark of connection or just intuition or whatever it is. But my mother would always tell me that women, especially American women, they want the Cinderella story. You know, they want to be chosen. They want the, the, that Disney princess experience. And it's not like anything wrong with that, but it is cultural, right? It does have to do with the fact that Disney (laughs) was a very great propagandist, right? Um, what I didn't recognize until a little bit later is that she also had a sense of that in herself, that desire for that love and in that way, but she was honest about it. Right. And so that's kind of, she was aware of it and honest with herself about it. So that's kind of what makes her relationship to wanting to be loved and love in that way sort of different. And so when I saw her growing up in this relationship with a dude who she met, you know, like the year I was born you know, it was a pretty strong connection that they both had towards each other. But from my perspective, the only thing I ever saw was her giving the love. Mm. And so I'm seeing this one way, what seemed to me a one way uh, relationship growing up. And then because of other things in my mom's life and our life, um, how she feels about herself begins to change. Mm. And just really the, her security in the world. Because, again, it wasn't a lack of love, especially since she had me. It was just really... Um, Old habits and projection of a lack of security. But let's see. Where was I going with this? I thought you were talking about love for a second. And this all has to do with love. Because, you know, platonic love is something that I have a good relationship with and always had. Mm. Um, that's because a lot of times I don't internalize shit, too. And the only time I internalize stuff is in romantic situations. And that's just what I've been uh, psychoanalyzing myself over you know observing myself over just becoming more aware of and the point of me bringing up the disney princess stuff is that even though my mother was able to warn me about um a psychological observation of hers of women in general it still didn't stop one her from also 
seeking those things and acting them out again, even though she was honest with herself about them, that she wanted those things. It kind of, in me, made the male version of that because that's what I was exposed to as my example of relationships growing up. So instead of being a Disney princess, I wanted Disney to be prince. a Disney prince. And I and it cemented for me the other day when I was thinking about, you know, what are the fantasies that I had of relationships that have continued over into my adult life. And it was that's when it just recognized. It was like, oh, I always wanted to be Aladdin. Mm, like having this, always having that drive, that that one. Then you find your Jasmine, you find that one woman that's like, that's it. Like she, yeah. she's that she's it. Yeah, that one straight up. And I've all like, and so thinking back on it, like I, I can literally remember the feeling of having that desire for a woman or a girlfriend, at least at like ten. Mm. And so you know that was just an interesting observation of myself. And so now my focus is becoming who am I if I give literally no or none of my attention to sex or romantic relationships? Because it's like, wow, I, mm. I might have never done that before, like even since childhood. I always have always been in like one one mindset and acting, living it with that with that same desire, right? Like, yeah, because like it's not want, like I ever really acted on it for no, real. Yeah, but just like, but you, you and I you, never, def- I definitely never sought relationships or no shit like that like I, i'm not um a, a dependent person <laughs> like if anything I i'm see, probably yeah. i'm probably yeah. a bit too uh independent <laughs> like i don't ask for help and it's sometimes uncomfortable <laughs> like most of the time try to give try to give him a just like a small little gift i was like hey bro for, for starting the podcast with me man for being my co-host bro I, i'm gonna get you this beer bottle with dragon's milk not sponsored by them. I love them. I say that. <laughs> but, you know, try to give you like, hey, you are one of the few people I'm not uncomfortable receiving gifts from. Like, I'd have known you all my life. <laughs> Half my life. You so uncomfortable? You bastard. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, you just, you just got to be honest with people about how you feel. It, it, it's okay. But like, known each other all this time. I'm glad now he... He's not uncomfortable with it. <laughs> I call you my brother for a reason, though, because like half of that I love for you. I have like a the same way I would love like a family, like as a as close of a brother could be with with love. That's how much I love you, man. Like growing up, I don't feel like I was never really was a loving person, a loving individual, man. I just hmm. I don't know. I, I had to kind of grow into it hmm. a little bit, just like feel more. And I just when you when you're young, you just you don't really know. How to like you, you can't really recognize that as a kid all the time or know what you're recognizing without having to experience the loss of love and the loss of of, of friendships and loss of things to, mm-hmm. to know like man this is what that is this is what that was this entire time I was just kind of like that's that's kind of funny because kids I, I relate that to kids not having like a, a greater exposure to language in mm. comparison to when we are adults and like less exposure to experiences themselves, like a broad yeah. range of experiences. That's why everything fucking hurts when you're a kid, dude, because it's new dude. and you don't know how to describe it. Like you can't give it a container or something like that. Yeah, just you're just hurt. stuck feeling it. But once you do understand what those things are, that shit would be hurting even worse. I feel like it's kind of like when you fight, right? Or you know, when, I, when I fight, if, if I see a punch coming and I know it's coming and I'm like, oh, this shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it this entire time. Expectation <laughs> the entire time. But like, if someone just kind of 
blindsides hits you like, yeah, it hurts, but and you know, you wasn't prepared for it. But half the time, because this is unexpected, you're you're a lot more relaxed when it hits you, so you don't yeah. tense up and it, it it hurts. There's pain there, but when you see it and you know it's gonna what the expectation does to the brain. That's actually a good like what was it? Was it um I forgot what book I read, but it kind of was going into details about why people get hurt and or or kind of going into the details from a philosophical analytic of it is that like the reasons why things hurt so bad is because or the reason why people kind of feel more negative emotions is because of failed expectations Mm -hmm. it's that you expect things to happen or expect things to be one way and then they're not and you're upset that the fact that your expectations weren't met that happens with love happens like i think i feel like even when you're trying not to like i say like a lot but even when you're trying not to have expectations that's you still expecting something out of it it's definitely good to manage expectations. I think anybody trying to completely rid themselves of expectations isn't seeking to be honest. Because there's a reason why you're getting into most things that you're doing, even if you're not aware of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the reason why could just be some type of self-fulfilling desire, right? It can be that simple, yeah. I mean, how extreme are you talking? I'm just saying that when you are in a state of walking unconscious... Or you are choosing to not give your consciousness to things because you are afraid that it's going to hurt you or you're afraid that it's going to feel bad or it's going to be too much energy or some negative belief about the self that just prevents you from even looking in that direction. It sounds like you're saying like when you see it, you know something's there, but you decide to turn away and run away from it. Yeah. So this is in this narrative, this is like seeing the punch coming and deciding to lean into the punch to set up for a counter. Versus mm-hmm. seeing the punch coming and turning your head. Oh, yeah. You're right? Yeah. Like, you're just going to, like, most people see the punch coming and then just turn the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm going to just ignore this. And then that thing, that, that punch <laughs> that they're ignoring is their they, they emotions. <laughs> and then they'd be wondering, why do I feel so bad? <laughs> it's like, well, because your emotions hate you. You aren't feeling them. <laughs> you turned away from it. You should look. You should, you should. You should have set up something. Mm-hmm. No, nah, but as a kid, it's kind of hard to to learn how to how to manage those expectations, though. I mean, like you can't expect like a seven, eight, nine year old to be able to tell themselves not to get excited when something's happening. It depends on the kid and the foundations, man. It, it depends, like again, it because on the kid and they foundations. because but because things are just new. Whenever anything is new, it's exciting. It's it's. It's the thrill of knowing the unknown, the thrill of not knowing anything, I guess, to me. And we don't lose that as adults either. Exactly. So, like, when you have... That's what what I'm saying. Like, a kid can control themselves in that situation. They can, sure. But, I mean, you're talking about, like, constantly or always or just becoming becoming more aware and more conscious about felt expectations so you don't get hurt as much later. It's kind of, that's difficult. I mean, it's difficult for some adults because you have a bunch of adults not knowing how to manage their emotions. I never said it was easy. But also, it's just like everything else is easy as you practice it. And it's one of those things that you don't become aware of your ability to practice unless you practice your ability of awareness. And that's the point that people aren't practicing. As adults. Mm -hmm. But can you really, do you really expect a kid to be able to practice that right away? Yeah, they do. Like, because we don't come in 
without the ability to practice, we come in with that inherent ability, just like we come in with the inherent ability of the knowledge to swim. You know, they have done studies with this where like they put babies in the uh, pool right after being born and they, they resemble Fresh the ones. same. Yeah. Like it's like they, they, their body will move in a way to swim, but like you let them develop to like the age of one and then they don't do, they don't react the same. It's kind of like a comfort thing, but they've learned to just kind of be okay without any liquid and fluid. So mm. mm-hmm. the brains of babies are more likely to be already adaptive to, su- to survive right away versus kind of being comfortable with not surviving. I guess I don't, I don't remember like how to say that without sounding dark, <laughs> but um, yeah. no, generally like the, in the, yeah, the innate, innate ability to just survive, you know, that's like, I don't know. I feel like that's this, this awareness is kind of sharpening that knife that you were born with and it can get sharper or dull based yeah, off exactly. of how you use it and just over time. So like, if you don't practice it, it becomes so dull that when you need it, it doesn't work and it's not effective. But the more times you're like, oh, I need to use this or I need to keep this sharp or I need to mm-hmm. maintenance it. And after a while, that makes that thing so sharp. Even in, in, in relationships with love, I feel like you guys still do that. I feel like to continue to feel love like that, you got to continue to sharpen that that awareness tool, that, that, that knife in the back pocket so that you can give love pretty uh openly and freely freely i think we have a lot of interest in relationships to violence and comparing it with love and comparing violence or just including violence in a lot of things where it don't naturally have to be there that tell you that tell you about that one time i was watching um it was a young justice and the aliens came and he was like oh man i, I want to be able to fuse like that and i was like Humans typically aren't too, uh, intimate enough creatures to do that type of stuff. I'm like, mm. so messed up, but it's so true. That's, that's silly because it's really not. And that's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about uh, narratives, violence and narratives, just incorrect narratives. <laughs> it's like, it's because pretty much everything is, is just white tinted, just white history and white minded tinted. And so we say dumbass, ignorant statements like, People are just naturally violent. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. It was like, well, yes, people naturally have the, the capability people, to be violent. But our, be violent. our ability, like the only reason we lived and the other humans didn't is because we were social. We rolled in groups deep, 50 or 60, nigga. And pretty violent. <laughs> I'm joking. We rolled I'm in joking. groups 50 or 60, nigga. <laughs> I just see the death stare I just got. <laughs> <laughs> It was probably more sex happening than, than murder. It was like it was a lot of murder too. <laughs> it was probably more sex happening than murder. Oh, because like I think I think people say stuff like that. They're just looking at the history of war. I mean, it's they're not looking past the past five past five hundred years of history. Most of the time, most of them not even looking past the last fifty. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that they're trying to say like in that example we're about about violence and murder. It's just kind of like going back to how you just said that sense of awareness is not being intimacy is about when you're just honest and true and not not so you you let people in and you're not like expecting anything from it because like when someone asks you how are you today and you say fine or 
I'm good. And you might not be, then you're lying. If you're lying, you can't really be intimate because with that person, you're not letting them in. And people say like, oh, how are you? And you're like, I'm depressed or I'm sad. They get uncomfortable because they're not ready to handle on the fact that one, you're being honest about how you are that day or the fact that you're sharing all that emotion with them and that vulnerability with them. And it goes to awareness, right? It goes, this is about that awareness and that's, that's real intimacy. I mean, when you start doing that, it goes into so many other aspects of being, of being intimate and how physical intimacy starts to really be impactful because it allows you to be trusting with yourself mm-hmm. with that person. So like there's, you know, with intimacy, with love, it's love is just a very base emotion. Very good one to even talk about since when you love and you have that physical and that mental and that, all that, that intimacy with that person, it's, it's on 10, but then you can also have a, that, that love from a, I love you like my family or platonic or um, intimate passion. And it's like the fact that if I am, that I do share some type of love for you. And then I have that intimacy behind it to be open and honest with myself and with you. That's, that's a, that's a close love. I mean, how often do you see brothers just being out there and telling each other, we love you, you know, just to say it, to, to show that person, I have love for you, or I do love you, like my brother or like my family. People get uncomfortable. And I think we were, we were talking about that before, me, you, and Donovan. It's like how if you're trying to share that love, share love with people, it can just make them feel uncomfortable with the fact that two black men, it, it's two black men can't say or two men can't say I love you to one another without it being judged or looked at negatively. Well... <clears throat> I, I I can kind of understand the person who does look at it negatively as well, though. Why? Because it's not normal for them. Awareness, intimacy. Yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of right now forming a thought from moving that type of display of intimacy and affection as a baseline definition for intimacy, because you know. Just like everything else in the human experience, it exists on a scale, right? And so, and uh, and now specifically coming to mind is Schoolboy Two, Schoolboy Q talking about how you know his relationship dynamics may look different from a different families because you know he him mm. showing affection between his daughters, them talking shit to each other because that's how he grew up, mm. right? And so, you know, just just being aware. Of, it, of intimacy not always looking like openness and lovey-dovey and stuff like that, right? Intimacy can be shit-talking and yeah. all those other type of things. I mean, intimacy um, can be... They're, they're still being in, intimate with each other because they're still able to show emotions. I mean, if they if they just didn't show any emotion at all, that'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. But they show, they show their emotions in a different way. They still love each other. It can be whatever. Love doesn't have to be tied to just, you know... Passion, like I said, it doesn't have to be that. You can show your love for people in different ways. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. And I'm kind of just relating it back to the sense of the ignorance of the American, really. Because mm. yeah. it's not wrong to look at something that's culturally out of place as out of place. So this is maybe a bad example, but, you know, having a... 
unconventional gender identity in a small town, right? That's uh, not even outside of the normal. It's outside of the normal in a place that is unchanging, Mm. right? Because those places are largely or can be largely unaffected by the time that they see progressing on the television or on the news. It's like how third world country, we say, ah, we're so excited about the Samsung 21, but these niggas may not have ever seen a Samsung in their life. Hey, I do want that new note, though. (laughs) 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 I'm not trying to to break away from that serious fact, but like, hey, yo, like, I'm kind of, I am kind of waiting on that new note phone. I mean, Apple cool or not, but like, I, I mean... Don't take me off your website. But like, you know, <laughs> they, they listed the audio. Delisted. Right? But, uh, <laughs> they, uh, another nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but, nah, I, I get you on that one. I mean, that's kind of a touchy topic for a lot of people, too. That whole gender identity thing. What's your I stance? mean, it's all touchy. That's, that's why you can't be afraid to talk about none of it. No. Not, not necessarily afraid to talk about it. I'm just saying people, ignorance, like you said, it's the fact that if you just don't know, just can you really be blamed for the fact you don't know no that's kind of the fucked up part about ignorance unless it's willful ignorance then like, you're oh, like causing choosing, damage like choosing then, choosing to yeah just not then you're talking then you're likely causing harm because you're stagnating you're choosing stagnation you're causing harm to yourself but you don't know what you don't know so nah but that's not you but willful ignorance isn't you don't know what you don't know that is i have an awareness of my limitations and I want to keep my limitations there. Hey, okay. I see what you're saying. No, I get that. I get that. So, like, the... Because even in your example about, like, you know, uh, gender identity in a small suburban or small area, rural area... Blah, blah, blah. Rural? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God damn again. Uh, verbal dyslexia kicking in. Right? A small populated area, if they don't have the resources to know, then you can't blame them for... Not being so accepting and, and stop halting the progression of society or the progression of the awareness. They don't know. They're not aware yet of the things that they're not aware of. That's why I kind of say you don't know what you don't know. But to your point, willful ignorance is you know what you don't know and you choose to continue to not know it. Yeah, there, I think there's a slight, uh, I don't want to say evil, but there is a slight unethical leaning towards committing to ignorance it's like um the knowledge of what's affecting you or at least the knowledge of what's in your environment and what could possibly affect you is the least you can contribute to society like keeping an awareness and and your attention on those things are the least you can do so it's like literally failing on your least common or like your least the amount of duty that requires least effort Cause shit, it's easier to read something now on the internet than it was a hundred years ago. Well, easier to read something now. More people can probably read now than who were on the planet back then. <laughs> like, True. But. For my engineering friends out there, electrical engineers path or current travels in the path of least resistance. So, you know, making everything, whatever is easier, kind of want to progress towards. Hey man, not just engineers, uh, the path of least resistance is something everybody should know because it's a phenomenon that exists within neuroscience. The brain works on that exact same principle. Everything in the universe works on that exact same principle. What can principle. I do? Get there with using the less effort and energy? Mm-hmm. 
everything contains energy and everything that contains energy is what you know makes it something that exists physically anything that wants to exist well anything that does exist physically wants to maintain that state like what the fuck this is <laughs> this is Easy, basic stuff here. I ain't even get taught science education in high school, but I know that much. <laughs> we have science in high school? Huh? We have science in high school? Bro, nigga, I swear we went over this. So you just didn't get taught science? Nope, nope. But I had all palm-ass English education. <laughs> <laughs> I was already an English genius, came in and learned more English. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Green, Cast Tech. Miss Green, Miss Taylor, Miss Davidson. Miss Willis. Davison. Well, that's all the time we got. For this. <laughs> that's all the time we got for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Insight Freestyle. Once again, I'm your host Sean here with my co-host Ryan. How you doing? Like us on Facebook. <laughs> no, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. All that good stuff. Stay tuned. This nigga throw a bottle at me. Y'all know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a what episode. <laughs> Y'all just gonna hear water leave a container. It's like, what did was that water quickly being evacuated from a thrust of a throw towards another man? <laughs> Until next time. Peace.